Blog Talk Radio. Yo, what's up? This is Jamie Foxx. Stay tuned for Greg Speaks Live with Greg Anderson, my homie. If you need an MC, professional voicemail greeting, jingle, narration, or introduction for you, your product, show, film, recording, or service, call 936-647-3457. To hire me as a guest speaker for your voiceover training or public speaking classes, visit gregspeakslive.com. Here's the greatest voice of all times ever, and there will never be another. Paramount Voices, Gap Productions in association with Microphone Voices presents the ultimate voice, Gregory D. Anderson Jr. D. Anderson Jr. Welcome to Greg Speaks Live. Hi, this is Marita Shelby, also known as Jazzy Rita Shelby. And um, what am I doing right now? You know what? I am experiencing the ultimate in radio empowerment and entertainment with Gregory D. Anderson Jr. on Greg Speaks Live. I'm Gregory D. Anderson Jr., excited to be back in the saddle here. Of course, you're listening to Greg Speaks Live. I am your host. Uh, excited uh, to finally get this particular guest on my show. It's been some a long time coming, and of course, been trying to get her for the longest because she keeps a very, very busy schedule. And of course, she is the very talented actress. Uh, her name is Loretta Shelby. And, of course, she's also an author of the book, Dictation. Uh, she's promoting her book. Uh, the book is very, very powerful. It's packed with uh, plays, poems, and monologues. And, of course, again, she's a Los Angeles-based actress, entertainer, and media professional. That's Loretta Shelby. The book is currently being produced by the Caribbean Community Theater in St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. They're slated for seven performances. A lot of organizations have been picking up Loretta's book, Dictation. The book is only $10. We definitely want you guys to support her. Go and get the book. Go to her website, LoretaShelby.com. That's spelled L-A-R-I-T-A-S-H-E-L-B-Y.com. Or you can go to RitaShelby.com. And uh, also support her music as well. you get a chance to hear some of her music here. And before we do that, one of the films that I became familiar with her on, of course, I started, I was her friend before I even uh, knew that she was uh, in this particular film. She acted that well. She's very, very talented. Been in several different films. But uh, let's go ahead and roll this. She was starring next to Glenn Plummer in South, the movie South Central. Now, this is a 90s classic. Very, very powerful. If you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. She demonstrates clearly her acting skills. We're going to roll that clip right now. Here's Loretta Shelby in South Central. Why no letters? No visits? I didn't even know name. I was alone, Bobby. I didn't have no money, no car, no nothing. I had to go on the county. I cursed you. I hated you for leaving me. You know what else? I had the baby by myself, Bobby. By myself. And it hurt me. It hurt me. 
happy. Won't you tell me it was getting out, Bobby? Would have done my hair. Mm. Join me is my very special guest. We have Jazzy Rita on the horn. And, uh, of course, you have a lot. I mean, the plate is full filled. I met you, some obviously, years ago when you were doing, um, of course, you're still working with Lee Bailey, a radio scope at the time. And uh, <clears throat> I, I didn't know at that particular time that, wait a minute, this is the same person. She she played in South Central. I didn't know at that particular time. Really, I didn't. And so, but but you played that role so well. And so, I wanted to ask you too. After that, I say, how how was it working with uh, Glenn Plummer? I'm sure you've you know had people have asked you this question, but what was it like working on that film? That film is best. It's definitely like a classic. It's a classic film, and every time I see it, I I, I feel that because it's a positive message in that. Why, thank you very, very, very much. Yes, um, gosh, <laughs> that movie was done back in the 90s, and it has withstood the test of time because of its its poignant message. And so that was my first feature film starring role opposite Glenn Plummer. Glenn is just an all-engaging actor. He brings his himself totally to yeah. every work that he, he is a part of. And um, now, fortunately, I had been well-trained, you know, as a thespian. I already had my degree in theater, and I had had many great mentors in performing arts up until that point, so I felt completely prepared as an actress. However, you know, when you're transitioning into the, the feature film arena, you know, there are some adjustments. So I remember... I remember one scene uh, where I was supposed to be like just stoned high out of my mind and he walks in and I recognize him. And I was doing my very best. I remember Glenn called me into my trailer and said, come in here, let me talk to you. You ever been high? I'm like, no, never. I'm like, no, Glenn, no. He said, okay, look, I want you to look at me. When I first walk in there, I want you to look at me like, you don't know who I am. You're that high. And in the next moment, I want you to realize it. I want you to see it coming to you that you know who I am. So that was just one of the little, you know, wow. I, mean, I mean, I had prepared myself for some things you just don't know until you know. Mm. But mm. Glenn and I actually worked together again last summer for the first time in 20 years, in the 20 years since we did. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing stuff in the background trying to play it off. Gwen <laughs> um, and I worked together for the first time in 20 years last summer on another film called Muslima, directed by Amina Bakir, who is the daughter of the screenwriter of the famous book and movie for South Central. So we had hopes of doing, you know, uh, a remake of the movie. There's been so much talk about it, but nothing has transcended yet, so... I would love to see that. I would I would love to see you know some 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 something in addition to what you guys already done to do something again in some some shape form or fashion because that, I mean it, it was really really powerful. 
I mean, I still, again, as I told you, every time I see that film, I'm like, man, I'm blown. I get emotional, you know, about that. And I know I'm not the only one. There's other people, you know, that, 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 that I'm sure that have told you how impactful this film has been, you know, along with your several other, you know, works. So what, what else have, have you been working on besides that? Um, well, you know, I, I haven't been in front of the cameras in an awful lot. I've been behind the scenes, um, you know, writing and producing. I uh, produced a short called Buff- um, Lincoln University, Home of the Heroes. It was a biographical uh, documentary short for Lincoln University, and it told of the founding of Lincoln University by Buffalo soldiers in the post-Civil War era. And that particular university is located in Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, I have been promoting my book, which also came out some time ago. The book is called Dictation, Plays, Poems, and Monologues for African Americans. And and I have to, you know, just put a button on that. There's really something in that book for everyone, but there were a few culturally specific pieces that I wanted to make sure that got to, you know, an audience who could appreciate it. So um, last summer, last summer I had one of the short plays in that book be selected by the NAACP Theater Festival. And again, I mean, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of work, but it was great. I was totally behind the scenes on that one. It was, I had two amazing actors, Kelvin Shepard and Brandon Bolin, to bring life to that work. And then yet again, you know, someone else has found value in the pieces in that book, which is why we're speaking today. Another of the reasons that we're speaking today is that dictation, plays, poems, and monologues uh, by Loretta Shelby has been selected for the second time by the Caribbean Community Theater of St. Croix. And that production started at the beginning of June. It will go throughout the middle of June in St. Croix, Virgin Islands. This production is directed by Eileen Desjardins and Ziamara Sanchez. Hmm. Wow. See, see the, the thing with the uh, – well, I would say that I hear some people say – some people say Caribbean, others say Caribbean. Is that just based on where you're from or – just like tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> Tomatoes and tomatoes, same yeah. thing. Yeah, I was born in I was born in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and Nashville. you know my family said Nashville, and there were some people there who said Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> Nashville. Okay. And there were people who said Nashville, and okay, I was like, Nash. okay, clearly I will not be saying it like that unless somebody <laughs> said it to somebody. Clearly. Right. No doubt. No doubt. So yes. Okay. Now, how can my listeners get a hold of this dictation. Obviously, those um, how can they get a hold of it? I, I know one way is going to your website, which yes. is yes. Well, that's the best way. Go to LaritaShelby dot com. I've actually I, I was doing some research and I've actually seen some other book peddlers out there who I don't recognize. I don't know how they got oh. the book. It is not me. I I don't even know if you ordered it. How they would get it from me? Yeah. But, Yes, I am the publisher of Dictation, and my website is the best place. And very much like my music, in my writings, you will find history, you will find some political commentary, 
you will find some, um, I guess, some self-awareness pieces about love and life and coping, and you will also for sure find my humor. Um, huh. the, the Caribbean Community Theater's production uh, this time are going to do pieces on dating. Um, there is another piece called uh, On the Dance Floor, and it just talks about when you're out on the dance floor and within seconds you realize that you are with a doggone fool on the dance floor. <laughs> like, something is wrong with this person. This is not dancing. What is this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, but you got to play it off because the song is still playing. So right. I wrote and it's a jam. It's probably a jam. It's a nice oh song. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this brother so, trying to spin on his head. We're not trying to do that. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's a piece uh, about that, and there's another piece called I Left Generation Sitting on the Stoop, and oh. it speaks to the, the generational divide between those who really become self-empowered and self-motivated and those awakening moments when you go back to the old neighborhood and you see that some people have never left. It's okay if they've never left physically, but you see that they haven't changed mentally or spiritually with the passage of time. There's another piece that talks about, you know, identity. And, um, you know, it's it's a short piece, but there are just some very um, clever references about how we assess who we believe that we are. <laughs> is it mm-hmm. race? Is it age? Is it class? Is it money? Is it are you defined by your family and significant others? Um, then there's some funny stuff, you know, my thigh moved, my butt dropped. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what is that about? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Well, I, I don't I don't know how you discuss it. But you know, things things happen when women look in three way mirrors and it's just you know, you just look in the three way mirror and there the truth is staring you in your face and in your butt. <laughs> oh I Gotcha. And then I got one for the fellas. One for the fellas is um, uh, she wanted me to miss the game. Hmm. Yeah, and it talks about, you know, you, you all booed up, and uh, that means your girlfriend, in case you don't know what that means, or your, your guy friend or your your special person. Right. And then there's that time when you got to choose between that family person and a major sports event and how in the heck does she not know that this is the same date and time that the game is. Oh, so you yeah. got a decision. And a, and a brother get real mad when you're trying to do something while the game is going on, That's especially true. at the top of the game. You know, you're in the third quarter, you know, the half quarter. So I'm going to see this. But like, uh, let me ask you this: What uh, now? Obviously, the, the the price is real good. I think it's what ten dollars for the book. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, there's. Uh, I would imagine it would be shipping and handling, you know, as well. Okay, and so they'll do that. Now, what what drives Rita Shelby? What drives you? Well, you know, it's just it's it's funny. It's the voices. <laughs> it's the voice that I hear that's still small voice that says go and do and be and um, so I'm very clear you know for what my purpose is my purpose is to give life and to give breath to the word Um, and the creator may birth that word in a song 
that word may be birthed in a play, a poem, a monologue. As a businesswoman, that word may be birthed in a proposal. I write a mean proposal, and by the way, I, I am also available for consultation for marketing and media relations and branding. Um, that word may be birthed in, you know, writing just the right content, the right press release, the right uh, copy for a commercial, the right biography. Um, right. It's it's the word. It's it's setting free those words. My purpose was finally, succinctly spoken to me divinely, um, and that voice woke me up one night and simply said, "Oh, my words, that my words, that they may be set." free, that they may mm. sail through the air chased by a melody, or that they be linked together by verse like a chain. So, That's it. Yeah, well, it's kind of because it's okay. like taking dictation. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of uh, in the beginning was the word, when I hear you say word. And the word was for God, and the word was God. So that kind of, you know, as you said, you know, the word giving birth to these different things, and obviously words traveling through your writing, your music, your acting, and everything. Of all these three, of the music, the writing, and the acting, what are you most passionate about? Well, I've been asked that before, and sure. I, you know, and I've never, I've never chosen between the three again today. Today. The radar says the music because that's what I miss the most because, you know, life has just been busy while I've been working on other things. But for two reasons, I would say the music because I miss it the most and then also the music because I first heard music in the womb because my mother was a music. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, with that, there there's a tone. There's a tone even with our spoken and with our written words. And if you break it down psychologically, sometimes you read things or you hear things and you you attune to them because they just seem to flow a certain way. And I'm not just talking about spoken word artists. And it's 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 sorta of like trying to describe a metaphysical both a business and a psychological way to how it is we communicate you know, with one another. You know, you speak to some people and they just rub you wrong. Their tone, their words, their delivery is just doesn't land well. Mm. So there's music to that. The flow is just off. You know, when right. when if you watch any great speaker, you know, I, I've learned to look at things from, from different perspectives. I've actually been that way my entire life. But now I look at it, if I have my business cap on, I say, well, why did this, why did this audience respond this way when that audience responded a different way? What did the speaker do? What did they say? And how did they say it that evoked that particular reaction? So, yeah. so you're watching the details uh, pretty much, watching some of the specifics. It's kind of like a, a person that's involved in production. They they kind of listen to music a little bit different than someone that's just that, that knows nothing about production or hasn't taken the time to get behind the camera to kind of see how that operates. Yes, correct. Yeah, businesswoman in me has become more of a salesperson out of mm-hmm. necessity, but I, right. I, instead of making a sales pitch, I will make an appeal because it's not all about me. 
you know, I would say to anyone that is listening, you know, don't just take it for granted that the arts are going to thrive independently or independent of your support. Um, there are many artists, uh, writers, uh, fine artists, uh, musicians who are doing their very best to thrive, but because of digital technology now, so many things are so, 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 so different. So the publishing deals that could take a, you know, a very good unknown writer to, you know, another level, that deal is just not going to happen. Now, that writer may be self-published, but without that boost from that major company to give them that massive exposure, their journey is going to be different as well as it is for the artist. Um, so don't take for granted that if it's someone that you think you like, that you can appreciate by taking action to support their cause, then do so. We see some of this nowadays with the um, crowdfunding, but every book, every download, every CD, every concert that you attend is really going to help to push the message further because the great big record deals are few and far between. The big publishing deals, they do happen, you know, but just because we celebrate one in a million, it doesn't mean that we might not have missed 500 more just because the infrastructure has changed. Okay, two questions real quick, uh, Loretta. Uh, I got I got to know this. Like, how important is it to be diverse? I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, of course, you got actors and some people, they, they, you, you've heard of triple threat where you're, you know, not just acting, but you're, you're singing, you're dancing, or you're doing different things. How important is it to be diverse in a industry that has its peaks and valleys? I mean, one minute you could be the hottest thing around, and then two, three years go by, or even a couple months can go by, and it's like they, they don't even know you know, who this person is, or you got to kind of have to overly explain. What what would you recommend or suggest uh, to a person that's in this business? What is the mindset that one has to have? Because I see that you're not just an actress. I mean, you've, you've studied your craft. I mean, you have a degree, um, and then you have a master's degree. So you're skilled, that's for sure. What do you suggest, you know, that, you know, a person has to keep in mind if acting or this particular business, being self-employed in any kind of way, what is going to be the mindset it's going to take to be successful? Gregory, that is a great, great question, and I'm, I'm just so thankful that you asked it and and for the way that you phrased it. I'd never tell anyone, well, you better, you know, um, do this, you know, to have something to fall back on, to fall back on. Those were never words that were spoken to me growing up. Um, it, it, it doesn't suggest that it won't happen. It, it, I mean, it suggests that it won't happen. So I never had that type of a dialogue. But what I did have was a family that was pro-education. So out the gate, by them encouraging me to pursue my dreams but to place that dream in a bed of education, that had already extended and stretched my my fear of influence in the world because just just take it take one thing that I do just with acting because I have been trained in this I can perform I can write 
I can produce, and in some circles I can teach, whereas in other circles I could not teach if I did not have the education. So in the broader sense for anyone, I would say cultivate all of your talents or or, or as many of them as you can because on any given day, if you're not working as an artist, but you have an incredibly good sense for business, for math, for science, for or it could be some other skills, you know, working with your hands, then you are not just, um, uh, gosh, you're not solely dependent on this one talent or skill that you have. Now, there are, there are some successful people who say, yeah, find the one thing you do and stick with it, and that's great. So, and if you run a little short for money, you call them. Call <laughs> 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 them up. Next and time you are. that. Say, hey, can I have your phone number? Yeah, how about yeah. that email address? You know? Exactly. If I could call yeah. you up when this thing is not rolling. Yeah, <laughs> okay. so don't feel that you failed. You're not a complete failure if your passion is to be working in one category, but you're blessed enough to have something else that you do, you know, for which you can be compensated. And then, ironically, I have found almost, as much joy in helping someone else, you know, carve their brand message or put together their first press kit or um, I've even worked with small businesses who have never advertised before. I didn't consider myself to be a big, you know, expert like those you find on Madison Avenue or Wilshire Boulevard, but I got 20 years in the game. I certainly know more than the person down the street who may own a bakery, who's never done any marketing and media relations. I got great joy in seeing the light bulbs go off for them. I've worked with um, other self-published authors, you know, who are extremely accomplished in whatever their line of work is, but very nervous about taking an interview and what do I say, what do I do, how is this supposed to look, How? and it's great, and I've made money at it. So um, and some of my residual checks these days are quite modest. <laughs> so, yeah, please, 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 I encourage you. And, again, if anybody is listening, um, I have some expertise to help you. Because of life's ups and downs, I now become an expert of making the most out of the least. You know, right. you have little. I mean, this book. The reason we're talking today, my book is perfectly flawed, <laughs> divinely inspired. It is not a perfect documentation. But for me, I had been waiting for the perfect scenario. I had waited for the big publishing deal. I had The funds were very low. I was recently divorced. Um, I had recently, I was at the end of a, a very lucrative government contract that was not coming back my way. I still decided to get that book done because of my research with um, Dan Pointer's, um, his book, How to Self-Publish. The book said, you're going to make some mistakes. I'm like, okay, good, so I don't have to be fearful of that. Yeah, I'm going to make some mistakes. Right. But once I make them, I won't make them a second time. i got to go. i got to do this. And now, time and time again, you know, ever so often, I get calls from producers and directors from New York, from Tennessee, from the Virgin Islands, who say, we have your book. We want to pay you a royalty for utilizing your work. And I'm on my way to St. Croix. No doubt. 
All right, here we have it, uh, of course, Caribbean Community Theater, uh, of course, on St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. It's produced, uh, of course, selections of dictations, plays, poems, and monologues by Lorita. Of course, Lorita holds a B.A. in theater arts from Loyola Marymount University and a master's in media and communication psychology was from Toro University Worldwide. I'm proud of the work that you have done. My last and final question for you, Rita, Jazzy Rita, Lorita Shelby, is I would like to know how would you like to be remembered? What will be your legacy? Okay. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, life, love, laughter, and um, that that I did my best to personify the words with the Creator had trusted me. It's a legacy of love and laughter and music and healing. You can do a lot in that space. And I want to thank Eileen Desjardins and Ziamara Sanchez as well for the production in, in St. Croix. Yes, indeed. Right, and I want to go out rich, too, like filthy, stinking rich, rich, just old, just old and rich. Just, old I don't wanna, rich. Yeah, yeah, so I wrote one of my pieces in the book about that. I want to be just so old because, see, I want to take the sting out that there's no sadness attached to it because, like, old, old, old people, the people don't cry as long. First of all, funerals <laughs> smaller don't last as long because most of the friends, like, they made it in already. <laughs> there you go. That's right. But, yeah, old and rich. There's nothing wrong with that. I think the Bible mentions, I shared this one time, it says something along the lines of money. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19, and I don't remember all scriptures, but I just remember this particular one. Speaking of money, it says money answereth all things. I'm going to get you into heaven. It's not going to do this and that, but I think it does sustain and help you to maintain. And you can pass on some things. You could be a blessing. It's a tool. Money is a tool. And it's something that we can utilize and we can enjoy. We can share with our loved ones and share with friends and, and whatnot. We can help somebody. And I think that's what it's about. all about at the end of the day. It's about being able to help. Give a person a hand up, not necessarily a hand out, but that hand up. That's what I think everybody needs. So definitely want to appreciate you for your time, uh, Jazzy Rita. And uh, in, any other uh, concerts? Of course, you have your concerts, I would imagine, or any events that's coming up listed on your website. That correct? Well, maybe so. Sometimes I get a little behind in updating the website. That's just on me, and it's not my web designer. But just okay. definitely, you know, LoritaShelby.com or RitaShelby.com, either website, you'll get to me. I'm putting the big push on my book now, Dictation, Plays, Poems, and Monologues. I have a couple of other pieces that are in development for the screen as well as the stage, and uh, no formal announcement on those yet. And I am very, very prayerful about being able to get a new video and release up and going by the end of the summer. So thank Great. you all. Thank you all in advance. And, again, I'm also available as a marketing and media relations um, coach and brand developer because it's not all about me. It's a we thing, not a me thing. <laughs> That's right. They say that the eyes are components of the we. We, you know, we is bigger than I. The week comes so we say teamwork make the dream work. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely. That'll work. Hey, thank you again. Let's go into uh, draw the line. Ooh. How about that? We're gonna draw the line. Can, can we draw the line? Sometimes Rita. you gotta draw the line, man. Sometimes you just gotta draw the line. <laughs> there it is, right here on Greg Speaks Live. This is where I draw the. This is where I change my mind. 
just a friend She's been sleeping where I've been Acting like your next of kin Though you keep me hanging on Same old If you need an MC, professional voicemail greeting, jingle, narration, or introduction for you, your product, show, film, recording, or service, call 936-647-3457 to hire me as a guest speaker for your voiceover training or public speaking classes, visit gregspeakslive.com. Here's the greatest voice of all times ever, and there will never be another. Paramount Voices, Gap Productions in association with Microphone Voices presents The Ultimate Voice, Gregory D. Anderson, Anderson, Jr. Welcome to Greg Speaks Live. Yo, what's up? This is Jamie Foxx. Stay tuned for Greg Speaks Live with Greg Anderson. My homie. Hi, this is Marita Shelby, also known as Jazzy Rita Shelby. And um, what am I doing right now? You know what? I am experiencing the ultimate in radio empowerment and entertainment with Gregory D. Anderson, Jr. on Greg Speaks Live. 